This is the World of Sports Network presentation. Sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. It's the G to the U to the R to the U. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. It's the G to the U to the R to the U. It's Monday, January 11th. 2021 and this is monday morning football with the guru super wild card weekend i'm so jacked up i don't even have time to even you know i'm saying do no introduction there's no introduction man you guys saw what just happened this weekend wild card weekend as a football fanatic as a football enthusiast you know, this was a absolutely, this was Christmas, this was my birthday, this was everything come all in one weekend, man. I love it, and I hope y'all freaking love it. And we have a loaded, loaded show, and I'm going to talk about everything Super Wildcard Weekend. So with no more further ado, let's get the show started. So one thing I want to get started with, man, I want to talk about, I want to talk about with the playoff. Thing about the NFL that I love is like you can really tell what's gonna happen before it happens. You're like, Google, what you talking about? The NFL is like you can really future mark the NFL by the offseason. If you guys have been following my content, the offseason and meaning the front offices dictate who goes to the playoffs and who win playoff games. A lot of y'all thinking is the coaches, is the players, is so and so. The front office dictate who goes to the playoff and who wins playoff game. And last year, and I got to talk about the teams right now in the playoff. Every team in the playoff, in this right now, this playoff, had a significant offseason or they made a significant offseason move. They made a move somewhere down the line to upgrade their team to get them to where they're at right now. And that's kudos to the front office. This is what I love about this game. Because the front office don't get love. But the guru, I give love to the front office, man. And certain organization in the front office got themselves and put themselves in situation to succeed. And that's where they're at right now. Let's just start with the teams in the, in the, in the, in the playoffs. And let me tell you about how, what they did in the offseason. And how the front office... Got them to where they're at right now. Let's talk about the Buffalo Bills and the Indianapolis Colts, the, the first wild card game. We talking about offseason, the Bills with um, Brandon Bean and company, with the, uh, with the trade of um, Stephon Diggs. Talking about a major offseason move, Stephon Diggs, with that front office move, changed the direction of the Buffalo Bills. With the addition of Stephon Diggs, the Buffalo Bills became a passing team. The Bills became a passing team. And look, uh, the Indianapolis Colts in the front office, in the offseason, they add Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers, it wasn't nothing major like, oh, my God, it just made the Colts a Super Bowl team. But the difference is it brought stability. Phillip Rivers was an upgrade from Jacoby Brissett, which was a great offseason move for the Colts. The Colts also had DeForest Bruckner. Another great offseason move, which elevated that defense, and we all knew what the Colts' defense was, a great offseason. The Colts were positioned because of the front office and the offseason move, and the front office did. Now let's move to the Rams and the Seahawks. Front office-wise, the Rams, what they did, they evolved. They evolved. They got uh, their running back. They started running back. Cam Akers, second offseason moves. Signing Jalen Ramsey to a long-term extension. Off-season moves. You knew coming into this season, the Rams made great off-season moves. It wasn't no major splash, but they did enough off-season moves, calculated, and they had a great draft. The Rams didn't have a first-round pick, but they had a great draft. That's the off they won the off-season. They did the off-season move. They did what they had to do in the off-season, and the front office did what they had to do. Front office usually dictate your uh, if you're going to make the playoff or how good you're going to be in the playoff. It ain't the coaching, you know what I'm saying? It ain't the players. It's the front office putting everything together. That's why the, I love the offseason, and I love the front office. The offseason is the real Super Bowl because you can really forecast. 
You can forecast. Now let's look at Tampa Bay. Who got a better offseason than Tampa Bay? I'm talking about Tom Brady, the GOAT, came to Tampa Bay. Enough said. I don't even got to go to Grunk. I don't even got to go to AB. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers probably had, what, three Hall of Famers in the offseason come to their team. The front office did their thing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Look, look at where the Tampa Bay stands. Front office, ladies and gentlemen. The offseason and the front office dictate your success in the NFL, unlike any other sport. Unlike any other sport, the front office dictated a lot of your success, man. Now let's look at the, the Baltimore Ravens against the Titans. Who had one of the best off-seasons of all off-seasons? The Baltimore Ravens. I mean, as far as you, they identified their weakness and the Baltimore Ravens attacked their weakness. I'm talking about with the Calais Campbells. As soon as Derrick Henry got uh, stiff on um, um, Earl Thomas in, in, the two, in the 2019 playoff games, the Baltimore Ravens offseason started. And they weren't playing. And you can see the result of that. Now look at the Cleveland Browns. Look at the offseason they had. Andrew Berry and company. I thought, and you guys could also check my channel, I said the Cleveland Browns had the best offseason of all the teams last year, man. I'm talking about with Andrew Berry, Kevin Stefkowski. I'm talking about with everything the Cleveland Browns organization did last year as far as the offseason and what the front office did. And this is the result of that. You are looking at the result of when you have high-level thinkers, high-level football guys in your front office. That results. It's a total, total, total result. High-level front office equals high-level football play. We say correlation. And I'm watching this um, playoff, and I was sitting here like, are we all surprised? We knew who was going to go to the playoff. Let's just be real. Did any of you have thought uh, uh, the Detroit Lions had a great offseason? <laughs> did y'all did think, think the Minnesota Vikings had a great offseason? There's certain teams you know because of what the front office did and because of the offseason. No, man. No, man. The offseason and your front office, man. This is what I love about it. As soon as this season is over, there's going to be certain teams that's going to win the offseason. And the, re the result of that is going to be in January of 2022 in the playoff. The result of that is going to be 2022 in the playoff, man. Woo, we starting a good show right now, man. The all, I'm telling y'all, I love front office play, y'all. Like, it, it's just, the NFL is just, it's just uniquely different than most sports. It's so, it's so heavy front office. It's so heavy. That's why you see so many uh, um, GMs fired this, uh, this, um, this season. There's so many GMs job available because the front office dictate your success by far, man, by far. Most of the playoff teams right now, most of the front office guys are stable. Stability, man. High football guys. That's who runs front office, man. And that's going to be the theme of today. So as we transition to our first super wild card game between the Colts and the Bills. I mean, the Colts and the Bills. And both of these teams had this tremendous offseason. And that's why they both played each other, man. But at the end of the day, who had a better offseason? If you look at it, the two major to two major offseason moves the Colts and the Bills made was offensively. One was the Colts was getting Phillip Rivers. And one for the Bills was getting Stephon Diggs. And I'm talking about the direction of organization changed both ways. But specifically for the Buffalo Bills. What's the additional Stephon Diggs having that new toy of done to the Bills is they changed the whole Bills, man. The Buffalo Bills are back, uh, they're running, I mean, they're passing team. I mean, I'm looking at this game. They are so reliant on um, Josh Allen. I don't know how I feel about that, Buffalo. Like, I really don't know how I feel about that. I keep saying it. Even last episode, y'all got to listen to last uh, Monday Morning Football, uh, um, week 16, uh, week 17. I'm really, really weary about the Bills. They don't have a running game, and they're so reliant on, uh, on Josh Allen. Josh Allen is a running game. And don't get it twisted. I, I, I mean, I just, you can't go, you cannot expect to go to the Super Bowl 
with a one-man show like Josh Allen. And I know um, uh, McDermott. I know Sean McDermott, and that's when he was with the Carolina Panthers. That was the same blueprint Cam Newton had. It was the same blueprint for the Carolina Panthers. The whole, basically the whole show ran on Cam Newton. But there was a little bit difference in that team. That team had a two-back system, man. That team still had a running game, man. D'Angelo Williams and the other dude from, oh, I forgot the dude's name, from Oregon. They still had a running game, man. But the Bills, Cam was just an extra factor to that running game. But the Bills, they don't have it. Zach Moss, um, Singletary, they don't have a running game. When it comes down to, when, when they say, when the rubber meet the road, in the playoff, one is third and inches, one is fourth and one, one is third and two. The Bills, are not, they have no running. They don't have that guy that could get you that tough yard, man. And I, I don't like that about this team. I don't like that about the makeup of the Buffalo Bills. Yes, you all might be like, Guru, we got Josh Allen, just like Camp Newton. He could get you one yard. He could get you two yards. We, that is our running game. I hear you. I hear you, man. But one thing I worry about that, man, one thing I worry about that, one thing I always worry about that, man, the defense knows that too, bro. And as you get deeper in the playoff, you get smarter defensive coaches, smarter defensive players, guys that actually pay attention to the keys. And the key is going to be number 17, bro. As number 17 goes, the Buffalo Bill goes. And that's a lot of pressure you put on one guy. That's a lot of pressure you put on one guy, man. Right now, the Buffalo Bills are Josh Allen. Do you take away Josh Allen from that team? Oh, mercy. That team might be a four-win team, dog. And that's scary. Your quarterback is... It's, I can't have your quarterback be the best runner, be the best passer, be the best everything on your team, man. That's, that's high school football, man. That's high school football. This is the professional level. And you need help. And the Buffalo Bills, this look good now, Buffalo. Y'all squeezed from the, from the coast. Y'all squeezed that one out there from the coast, man. Because obviously Phillip Rivers is like uh, 200 years old. Philip Rivers can't throw past seven yards. We know that. He can't throw past seven yards. And the Bills got away with one. Now, with Baltimore Ravens coming into town, with them boys coming to town, man, and you guys have no running game, be very, very weary, Buffalo. Be very, very weary. Because y'all know my famous quote, no running game. Equals no Super Bowl game. And the Buffalo Bills ain't got no running game. Woo, man. I tell you, man. I tell you, Buffalo. I like the Bills, man. Don't get it wrong. I, I like everything about them. I like Brandon Bean. I like Sean McDermott. I like him. I like him. But I just one thing I don't like about them. I don't like them not having a running game. It's just those guys can't get a yard, man. Woo. They can't get a yard. Put it like this. I guarantee you all this. The Bills in the offseason, they're going to be looking for a running back. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Now, let's move to the home team. The home team. Moving on to the Rams. Taking on the home team, the Seahawks, man. It's just sad, 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 sad. The sad day in over in Seattle. Sad, 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 sad. Speaking about running games, man, I know who got a running game. The Los Angeles Rams had a running game, and that boy Cam Akers was on point against the Seahawks, man. I mean, it's just it, the Rams are built. Like, they're just certain teams that's just built to just beat you. They just built, like, the whole function of the Los Angeles Rams, St. Louis Rams, wherever Rams they are. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, every other five years they in another city, right? That, that Rams team, they are built to beat the Seattle Seahawks, man. 
They're just built for him. It's like, I keep telling y'all this. Is the success of PKL and Russell Wilson and the whole Legion of Boom and the whole Seahawks era in the early 2010s, you know what I'm saying? The, that era. It's like the Seahawks were the, were the, I'm talking about, they're the example. They were the example of the NFC, specifically the NFC West. They were the leading. So all that team, the, the 49ers, the Rams, the Cardinals, all three of those teams, because the Seahawks were the head. They were building their program, building their team to beat the Seattle Seahawks. And nobody built the team better to beat their foot on the Seahawks than the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, it's very simple. The strength, look at this, the strength of Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is the best off-script, off-script quarterback in the NFL. Probably one of the best off-script quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. Very, very good at off-script. But what makes Russell Wilson so distinguishing difference, like, when you look at him play, when Russell Wilson's do his scrambling ability, my man Russell like to step up and then goes out. He's not like the other scrambling quarterbacks, right? Because Russell looked to scramble. When he, when he runs, he wants to look to pass. So what he does in the pocket, right? Russell don't run around in the pocket. He always need to take a step up in the pocket, and then he flares out. So the way the Los Angeles Rams are built with Aaron Donald in the middle is they're going to come attack you from the middle and then flare out with Jalen Ramsey and their secondary, as far as and the athletic Atlanta, Florida and company. The Los Angeles Rams are built because they saw the success of the Seattle Seahawks throughout the, the Shermer, the Marshawn Lynch days, and that Legion of Boom days. They studied that, and they built a team to attack and beat the Seahawks, and now they're reaping the benefits of that. They're reaping the benefits of that, of them seeing the target, identifying the weakness. And you know what? And they attack it. And it starts with Aaron Donald from day one. Aaron Donald coming in the middle. Russell Wilson being very he, uh, deficiency as far as his height. That's why Aaron Donald owns Russell Wilson, because Russell Wilson stepped up in the middle. And guess what? When he stepped up, you know who's there? The best Aaron and probably the best defensive player in the history of the universe, man, Aaron Donald. And then when Russell want to flare out because he's off script, he's off script, the Rams got better athletes at the skill position than the Seattle Seahawks. That's what it comes down to. When it comes down to when Russell go off script, it becomes athletes versus athletes. When there's no script now, just like when you go outside and play with your friends, there's no script. It becomes who's a better athlete. And at the end of the day, the Rams are better athletically at the skill position with Jalen Ramsey Corner, um, um, Williams, and company. They're better at the skill position than Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Just a better matchup. That's all this was, man. Now, how do you offset this? Because the Seahawks are still competitive, but Pete Carroll and them got to know. Teams are built to beat them. Now, the Seahawks got to be built to beat the other team, and that's very simple. They got to get that offensive defensive line right back, man. Because when the Seahawks had a nasty offensive line and defensive line, we saw what happened. They, we got to worry about the Aaron Donald. But because there's a, uh, there's a little cringe right there in the armor for the last, basically, basically for the last five years, for the last five years, it's been the interior offensive line for the Seattle Seahawks. And for the last five years, Aaron Donald has been the best interior lineman in all of football. What do you think is going to happen in our matchup? The last five years, the Seahawks had the worst interior offensive line play in football. And they're in the same division as the best interior defensive lineman in the history of football. You do the math. You do the math. Till you solve that, peak hell, till you solve that issue, the Los Angeles Rams and Sean McVay and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and company will always have your number. It's just that simple, man. It's just that simple. Man, that was tough, man. You all know, man. It's a sad, sad day for the home team. Sad, sad day. So, yeah, we have a crazy loaded show today. We just, 
we're just getting we're just getting started, man. We're just getting started. For you guys on the podcast right here, listening on the podcast, go ahead, man. Go leave us a review. We're we're definitely definitely trending in the right direction. I appreciate y'all all the love. And just leave us a comment. Let me know what y'all think and how y'all feel, man. How y'all feel? Now I transition from you know the sad home team to the gurus from a home team. <laughs> Dude, it was a sad day for me, man. It's like, as a Washington native, you know, from the DMV, other Washington, now living here in Seattle, Washington, I'm just a, well, I'm a bi-coastal guy. You know what I'm saying? I got houses in, in the West Coast. I got houses in the East Coast. I'm bi-coastal. So, late on Saturday, I was bi-crying because I was crying because the Seahawks lost and I was crying because my, uh, my Washington run. So, I was just in tears, man. I was in tears. But it, but it's really no tears. It was a tears of like I knew it was gonna happen. You know, it was a bad matchup between um, the Seahawks and the Rams. Bad matchup. And of course, the, the the Tampa Bay and the Washington Football Team. You want to talk about a bad matchup? Oh my goodness! You talking about the scariest human being of the the scariest football player in the history of football? The Debo of the NFL. I keep telling your NFC. D. Bull Brady is back and he's creeping. Oh my man, D. Bull Brady is in his creeping man. I look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers; they got the answers for everything, dog. My man, D. Bull, hey, my man, this dog is crazy. It's like it's so crazy. I have to, I have to just, I have to just sit back and just admire how great my man Tom Brady is. How much of a bully he is, bro. How much Tom Brady's a bully? He just, the only thing he cares about is just stepping in your throat and taking your rings, man. My man is the ring snatcher. My man Tom Brady was in the AFC. I'm talking about he's killing everybody's ring. Peyton Manning only got two rings because of Tom Brady. Big Ben. I'm talking about Brady was straight, straight snatching rings. He's like, this is mine. Brady was just my Mr. Pac-Man. That's Tom Brady. He's just, you know, Pac-Man just taking up rings. The Pac-Man on the G-G's just eating up rings, man. He ate up all the rings of the AFC. And now this mug came in the NFC, dog. My man is coming to the NFC and he's doing the same thing he did in the AFC, bro. My man is a, hey, Tom Brady is out of this world. You got to pay homage, bro. What this old ass dude is doing, bro. What this old man Brady is doing is out of this world, bro. This man left the AFC, dominated, came to the NFC, who I believe is a better division. When you look at the NFC quarterbacks, you got legends, dog. The NFC quarterbacks is legends. You got Drew Brees. You got Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. You got Russell Wilson. I'm talking about you got legends in the NFC, bruh. And my man, the the biggest legend of them all, Tom Brady came. And, bro, look what he's doing on the low, low. On the low, low, my man is creeping. All of a sudden, bro, the Bucs won 11 games. The Bucs won a playoff game. The Bucs are going to the divisional. And the Bucs are, oh, my goodness, bro. This son of a gun, Tom Brady, might have done it. My man Tom Brady, the freaking ring snatcher. He came in the NFC and he's snatching them rings, man. Pac-Man Brady. Pac-Man Brady, baby. You got the ring in the way. He's going to eat that ring, baby. Man, I'm telling you, don't take Brady to no damn K-Jewels, dog. Don't take him to no jewelry store, man, because he's going to take all them rings, dog. You take Tom Brady's old jewelry store, the first thing he's going to get is a ring. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. That's the difference. You know what I'm saying? The difference between Tom Brady and other cats, man. You take a guy like Dwayne Haskins to the jewelry store, you know what he gets? He gets himself a chain. He don't want a ring. He got a chain. That's the difference. My man Tom Brady go to the jewelry store and he gets himself a ring. And right now, he sees himself at the jewelry store. And the jewelry store is called the NFC Playoffs. 
Tom Brady's jewelry store is called the NFC Playoff, and he just eyed himself a ring, and he all, I'm talking about, that ring look good, bro. That ring look good, bro. And the most important thing is, that ring, he don't even got to order the ring, man. That ring is local. That ring is made in Tampa Bay, baby. It's a local by local community, giving back to the community. Tom Brady saw a ring, and he finna go snatch that ring. Mm. Y'all better watch out, NFC. My God, I love Wildcard. I love this. This is Monday morning football, man. If y'all feel me now, if y'all with me, and y'all feel me, let me know, baby. If y'all feel me, let me know, because I'm pouring it all out for y'all, baby. I'm leaving all out on the line for y'all, man. Because this is what I do. It's the playoff. This is the Monday morning football playoff edition, dog. I leave it on the line, man. Woo. Before we go on a break, man. Because I need a break, dog. You know what I'm saying? Before we go on break real quick. Hey, the coach just lost, right? I was just thinking about this. You know, because, you know, since the coach are going on vacation, the Indianapolis Colts. It's one of it's probably the best destination spot for any quarterback, any mid-level quarterback, any quarterback that's 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 going that don't like their where they stand right now, any quarterback that's that that's fighting amongst the the front office or the coaches. I'm calling the Carson Wentz's, the Deshaun Watsons, all or the Jimmy G's, all those grumbling quarterbacks that don't like where the situation is. If you're looking for a destination, just like a lot of y'all right now who's out there playoff, looking for a vacation, I'm telling y'all quarterbacks, Indianapolis is the place to be. They got everything you need to be successful, quarterbacks. They got everything you need, man. You need an offensive lineman. They got you one. You need a running back. They got you two. You need skill position. They got you complimentary pieces. You need a uh, a strategic coach. They got you the Frank Wright, baby. That's the right stuff, baby. You talk about a uh, high IQ football GM. My man Chris Ballard is one of the best in the game at it, man. The Indianapolis Colts is like a destination spot in Dubai. All the amenities you want. You want a pool. You want you want uh you want everything. They got it, dog. Quarterbacks, when you guys are making decisions for us where to go and where to end, y'all better look at nap time, baby. Y'all better look at nap time, cause he got everything you need for you to be successful. And this is Monday morning football with the guru. Be right back after this. Break. You are listening to Monday Morning Football with the Guru. For more sports content, visit youtube.com slash world of sports network. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back. Welcome back, back. Appreciate y'all. Y'all know the drill. You guys on YouTube, y'all hit that bell. Ding, ding, ding. Subscribe, man. Hey, we climbing up there, man. We climbing that ladder. Man, we climbing. We proving all our doers wrong. We proving all our naysayers wrong like Lamar Jackson. Like you talking about the Ravens versus the Titans. Monday morning football is doing all the. He's proving all y'all wrong like Lamar Jackson. <laughs> hey, what I love about this game, man. Look, look, look. There's two things I love about this game. As we started a theme, you know, as far as front office, dictate and wins playoff games the winner of this game right here between the titans and the and the ravens like the front office of the baltimore ravens won this game last year this game was won at the offseason let me tell you how when derrick henry in the playoff game after he still farm um earl, earl thomas and basically ended his career after he just ended earl thomas career in a sense what the Baltimore Ravens did in the offseason, what they did, when they identified, they looked out in themselves. This is what I love about this. The Ravens looked at themselves, and they were like, you know what? We have problems. 
That's the first thing you got to do when you have problems. You got to look and, and face yourself. Look in the mirror. Look, stare just like you got. Look just like I'm staring at you guys, man. You got to stare at yourself and be like, hey, we got a problem. We soft, bro. The Baltimore Ravens identify themselves. They're like, dog, we soft in the middle, man. We pop talk, dog. We might be hard around the edges. You know what I'm saying? We might be crunchy. But when you go in the middle, my goodness, man, we soft and sweet, dog. We need to change that. We need to change that. And my man, bro, the Ravens didn't make no – they didn't play around. Because the first thing they did, they went to get Calais Campbell. They went to go get the biggest human being in all of football. Calais Campbell, dog. Because you know why? They're like, you know what? We're soft in the middle. Because you get the biggest, baddest – Man, in, in football, you put him in the middle. And guess what? You ain't soft no more. Brandon Williams, put him in the middle. Then when they go drafted the nasty African, the big, black, nastiest African of them all, Justin Matabuke. I'm talking about the Ravens knew what they were. They were like, you know what? We soft in the middle. We pop tart, dog. We are so pop tart. We don't want that pop tart life. We don't want that pop-tart life, man. We don't want that life. They want to be a hard candy. You know those hard candy that when you just smashed on, you're like, ah, oh, those like those old, like an old little Snicker bars. That's that's old. That's been in the in the fridge for like uh, two days. And when you bite it so hard, you're like, damn, I almost broke my teeth, dog. That's the Baltimore Ravens defensive line with the addition of those three human beings, dog. With the addition of Calais Campbell and Brandon Williams, I'm talking about I don't care if you're Derrick Henry. I don't care if you're Mr. Henry. I don't care if Bill Henry. I don't care if you're King Henry VIII. I don't care what Henry you are, dog. You ain't going to run through Calais Campbell and Brandon Williams, bro. And the Baltimore Ravens won this game during the offseason, bro. They didn't win this game yesterday. They didn't win this game on Sunday. They won this game January, uh, whatever it was, during the uh, free agent period, 2020. That's when they won this game, bro. That's when they won this game. And another thing I'm excited about the Ravens, what I'm really, really excited is Lamar Jackson is comfortable in his skin, man. It's like it's the best feeling in the world, just like the guru. I was just like you, Lamar, at one point. As I was going through this journey called life, I was uncomfortable in my skin, dog. We all, like, we all had insecurity. I was uncomfortable in my skin. And then all of a sudden, bruh, everything just hit me just like you, Lamar. You have a talent that nobody else have, bruh. And I'm just like, man, I got something nobody else got, dog. Be comfortable in your skin, even though it's not normal. It's different. He does it a different approach, dog. He don't do it traditionally. Yes, just like the guru, I'm not a traditional sportcaster. I'm not with this suit and tie. Right, 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 let's do this. Nah, dog. I'm going to tell you the way it is, raw and cut, man. Just the way I talk to the homies, just the way I talk to my loved ones, is the way I'm going to talk to you guys because I love you guys, dog. I ain't going to talk to you like the way I talk to my boss at work because I don't love her. I don't love none of them. I'm like, hey, I'm doing it. I don't love them. But I love you guys, so I'm finna talk to you like do I talk to you how I love you. Do you all talk to your, your loved ones the way you talk to your boss? No. You talk to people you love differently, dog. You talk differently. That's why you have love talk like, mm -hmm, I love you, mm -hmm, I love you, baby. Mm. That's why you love your baby. You're like, oh, look at this baby. You love him. You have different talks when you love someone. You know what I'm saying? Different talks, man. And Lamar Jackson love himself, dog. And it's the most comfortable feeling in the world when you love yourself. And he love his talent. And he's a running quarterback. And he can't, he's proud of it. Lamar Jackson, oh, he, he can't pass it outside. He can't do this. You know, I don't give a damn. Google, Google, he can't speak this. He can't. Guess what, bro? It don't matter. What Lamar could do, a lot of bugs in this industry, in this world cannot do, bruh. You got cats. You got cats. I can't even throw over 48 yards. My man could run for, bruh, my man don't need to throw a 40-yard bump. He could run for 40 yards, man. My man could run for 40 yards in 4.3 seconds. I know it. Trust me. I've seen it in my own eyes, bruh. 
in my own eyes. It takes longer for guys to pass the ball for 40 yards than it takes Lamar to run for 40 yards. That's just what it is. That's his gift, man. And he's comfortable in his gift. And I love it, man. Comfortable in himself, Lamar. And I'm comfortable with you right now, homie. And you can just see that. Lamar's like, oh, you, oh, I'm a pass, oh, I'm a, I can't pass. Okay, who cares? Okay, yes, that's the, I can't do that. So what? So what? But you know what I could do? I could do this that nobody else in this world can't do, and that's what I care about. What I could do that nobody else could do. My special talent and my special gift. And gosh, damn you, Lamar, you got it, dog. I'm giving you your flowers, homeboy. It's beautiful to see a young man, a young 24, 23, 24-year-old young man feeling comfortable in his own skin. Oh, I love it, man. Kudos to Lamar, man. Kudos to Lamar and the Baltimore Ravens and the Baltimore organization for sticking with this kid, man. Kudos. You're going to reap the benefits. You're going to reap the benefits because this kid will pay your back. Because this kid is comfortable in his skin. And this kid... It's been his true self and ain't nothing worth more than your true self. Flock, Raven, flock. <laughs> oh, man. And then we know we know the Ravens' true self, you know what I'm saying? But I want to go to the Bears and the New Orleans Saints real quick, man. And I want to talk about Matt Nagy and the Bears coach. I want to talk about the Chicago Bears coach, man, Matt Nagy. Like, first of all, you remember what I told you? Your front office wins the playoff game. Like, in the Chicago Bears, I don't even know what they are, to be honest with you. I don't, they're the most, like, the most question mark organization right now. Because the crazy thing is, the Chicago Bears, like, this last couple years stretch, I like the last, basically the last, what, four years with Matt Nagy? They went to the playoff, what, two of the last three years. So it's like, it's the weirdest situation because it looks like they're having success, bro. For some strength, it looks like they're having I can't find my eye. What my eyes tell me, what I see from the Bears, and what really is, 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 is not matching up. That's what's so confusing. Something is not matching up here, man. Because my eyes tell me the Bears suck. Like, they suck, they stink. Like, I think Matt Nagy sucks. Y'all know how I feel about Ryan Pace. Y'all know how I feel about him. If y'all check my content out, y'all know how I feel about Ryan Pace. My question is with the Chicago Bears, like, what are you guys, bro? What are you guys? Who? I, I don't even, I, it's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't even know how to express myself. It's like, I'm trying to find the best words to describe the inconsistency of the Chicago Bears. And when I mean the inconsistency, I'm talking about from top to bottom. Ron Pace is probably one of the worst GM as far as we have currently at his position. This man's draft receipts are terrible. And then we have Matt Nagy. What is Matt Nagy? What is, what is he? What is, is, I don't see nothing innovative about Matt Nagy play calling, bro. Like for real, for real. Like, we all hear about this good. Matt Nagy, what I, what I see, bro, for real, for real, I, I don't see nothing innovative. I'm seeing like an Adam Gates, for real, like an Adam Gates in the making. I see of just, Matt Nagy is a very arrogant dude. Like, I really don't see, I, I'm like, dude, I don't even want to talk about the Bears. That's what I'm saying. I don't even know why I put this segment on about the Chicago Bears because they're so inconsistent. It's making me look, and I feel inconsistent. You know how that energy, you got bad energy around you, and your energy just, nah, nah, nah. The Bears are a bad, inconsistent team, and they're just mediocre. And they're just stuck in a, they're just stuck in that mediocre phase, dog. Like a team that's, they're never going to be good, and they're just never going to be terrible. They're just always going to be mediocre. I don't even know why. That's the Chicago Bears. That's them. It's just I don't know what to tell you. They're gonna they have a mediocre GM. They have a mediocre coach. They have a, everything in Chicago is mediocre, dog. If you're if you're a mediocre human being, go to Chicago, dog. Go to Chicago. A mediocre woman, a mediocre man, a mediocre family. If you're just mediocre, go to Chicago. That's what it is, man. Jeez. Something gotta be done over there in Chicago, man. Get rid of Nagy and Brown Pace, dog. Ryan Pace. 
I'm tired of them. I'm tired of looking at the Chicago Bears, and I'm saying the same thing every time. Fool's gold, man. You make it to play. You guys made it to the playoff? Come on, bro. Like, I didn't even know the Bears were in the playoff, bro. Like, like is it? What the hell? Oh, yeah, that's why. Oh, they added an extra team in the playoff. That's why. Like, how did I put it like this? I guarantee you this. The Bears ain't going to the playoff next year. I guarantee you that. Take that right now. Take that straight to the bank. These Chicago Bears will not go to the playoff next year. I don't give a damn if they got, if they'll go get freaking um, whoever, Jimmy Johnson as a new coach, whoever, they, the Chicago Bears ain't going to the playoff next year because they're just stuck in that, uh, uh. they're stuck in that Mediocreville, dog. They're stuck, and they're going to be stuck in that Mediocreville next year as well. Now, let's go to a team that's out of the Mediocreville. <laughs> Cleveland, I hear you, dog. Cleveland. Hey, I got to talk about the Cleveland Browns, man. This, I got to talk about the Browns. Hey, like, just the theme as we going throughout is the offseason dictate, you know, won the game. The Cleveland Browns had the best offseason. Now, you guys go ahead and check my content from last year. Go ahead. Check my World of Sports Network, man. Best offseason move. Best the winner of the offseason. You're going to see Andrew Burry. That's my cover page. The Cleveland Browns won the offseason, and this was predicted. Check my offseason. I told you all the Cleveland's going to go to the playoff. I got them going 10-6. and six. Like the Cleveland Browns, you saw their future because you saw what they did in the offseason. You saw what they did in the offseason, man. So it's like this kind of reminds me of something here. This game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and this rivalry Steelers and the, and, and, and the Browns. You know, like me, I'm a big brother. I got little siblings, dog. And the thing about being an older sibling and having a little siblings, you always whoop your little siblings' ass and everything. That's what you do, especially all boys. I come from an all boys house, so I whoop my little brother's butt in every basketball, football, whatever thing you have to do with a ball. Pause. Anything you have to do with a ball, anything you got to run, everything you got to jump, any of that, I whoop my little brother's asses. But then, you know, as the, being the older brother, there's a certain thing that I call age. There's just something I call age that always even things out as you go. What's happening right now in Pittsburgh and, and Cleveland is the same thing that happened in my life. As I was getting older, I was defeating. I was always looking at my little brother like, oh, I'm big brother, man. I'm big brother guru. I'm always going to whoop y'all. Always going to whoop y'all. But then I didn't notice. Slowly. My little brother was getting better, dog. They were just getting better. I wasn't paying them no attention because yeah, I'm always whooping them. I'm not worrying about them. You know what I'm saying? They get better one year. I kill. I come back and still whoop them because my attention is focusing on other things, man. I'm focusing on other big brothers to try to whoop them. I'm not worried about the little brother, man. I'm not worried about them. But slowly, my little brother's skill set just started getting better. And then I started getting older. The Pittsburgh Steelers are getting older. The Cleveland Browns are getting better. And there's going to be a junction point. There's always that point when you play a game. And I remember this like it was yesterday, man. You play a game, and I whoop my brothers behind all the time. And then there's one game. You know, you just let them win. You know, you don't play hard. You play hard maybe for like 80 90%, right? But not really hard enough to play. You just, you just like, ah. See, that's what happened in week 17. The Pittsburgh Steelers let the Cleveland Browns win. We all saw that because of what they did. They basically rest everyone. That's like the same equivalent. It's like you going against your little sibling. Like, I'm going to let y'all win because I, I, I got a date. I don't got time. You know, my brother, went up. I'm like, I don't got time, man. I got to go see a girl in an hour, but I'll play you. But, you know, you just let them win because you don't even care. Because you, you're like, I don't care because I'm, I'm going to whoop you the next time when I really want to whoop you. But there's a question there, though. The thing is, you don't realize this little brother, what he's been doing the whole time, which is looking at all your flaws while you're going on a date, while you're looking at everybody else, he's finding your weaknesses. So now, with everything said and done, now you're ready to beat your, you're ready now to play your little brother. You're like, you know what? It's Friday night, it's Saturday after Saturday morning. I got nothing to do. I woke up, I'm like, yeah, dog. I'm like, hey, little brother, you want to go play ball real quick? Feeling yourself, my chest all high. Like, man, I'm finna whoop my brother's ass, get me a little confident. I'm finna whoop his ass. 
The Pittsburgh Steelers are like, man, this is the first round of the playoff. I'm finna whoop the Cleveland Browns' ass real quick, man. Just, 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 just cause I can. Cause this is what I do. I'll whoop your ass cause I'm a big brother. But little did you know, little brother was not, hey, little brother wanted this. Little brother's been working for this the whole time. He wanted this, dog. I'm sorry, he's been training. He's been doing a little bit different work than, than the norm. And I've been sitting there like, man, I'm going against little brother, dog. I'm chilling. I ain't, I ain't work as hard because I'm like, man, this little bro, I know him. I know him. Man, this little man, hey, man, just like myself, bro, I remember like it was yesterday, man. I was like, I give my little brother the ball. I'm like, check, little, you know, check, little nip. You know, I'm black, so we said, check, little ninja. You know what I'm saying? Check, hey, edit that, man. I said, now you can, you can keep that. I said, ninja. I'm allowed to say ninja. Check, little ninja. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, he threw the ball back at me. You know what I'm saying? And then, boom, I missed the ball. I'm like, oh, it's going to be like that? Bruh, from the get-go, from the first freaking snap, Cleveland Brown came in that game and was like, we ain't playing around, big bro. Just like my game with my little brother, dog, man, my little brother whooped my ass so bad in that basketball game, dog. I mean, he gave me a whooping. I'm talking my back was hurting. My pride was hurting. Every single thing was hurting. And the only thing he was doing was gloating. Like, I beat you. Ah, you suck. You could never beat me again. I'm talking about he was giving me the business, dog. And I wanted to whoop his ass so bad. But I'm like, damn. He even got big and strong too, dog. Not only has he beat me, but he's bigger and stronger than me. I can't even fight him no more, dog. I can't fight my little brother no more. The roles have changed. Now I became the little brother. And what's happening right now in the NFC, in the AFC North is the Pittsburgh Steelers, the older team, are now becoming the little brother to the Cleveland Brown. Just like the guru had to eat crap knowing my little brothers finally became better than me in sports oh i hate that story man i hate to talk about that so i feel you man for all your big brothers out there stillers man for all the big brothers out there that got beat by the little ones man hashtag big brother got beat by little brother baby we still got love for y'all we still here <laughs> we're still here hey before i go on a quick break uh before i go on a break man i want to talk real quick about uh derrick henry 2k if you all remember last episode, y'all go check out uh, my content. You know, it's very peculiar. This, uh, this Tennessee didn't have a chance against the Baltimore Ravens. They didn't have a chance. History shows, if you have a 2K rusher, 2K rusher, the very next week you're out. It's an early vacay. It's like, it's like you know, you have a, that Madden curse or whatever curse you have. If you run for 2K, it's called the 2K curse, dog. Like I told you all before, 2K equals early vacate. I know everybody wants that. Everybody wants to get as a running back. That is the numbers you want, that individual number 2K. But be very, very careful, dog. Be very, very careful, guys, because history shows 2K equals early vacate. And this is Monday Morning Football with the Google. You are listening to Monday Morning Football with the Guru. For more sports content, visit youtube.com slash world of sports network. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, I love doing that. Yes, sir. Hey, me man. Me fumble them. Una, welcome. Welcome back. Welcome back. I got to tell y'all, man, about my salon. Y'all know about my Africanness, my Creole, man. Your salon. If not salon, you come on, stand up. Stand up, me salon. Yeah, man. I'm international guru. They call me the international. I don't only know football. I know American football. I know African football. I know Asian football. I know Japanese. I know all the football, dog. If there's a foot and there's a ball involved, the guru knows all about it, dog. And what I know all about is I'm going to talk about a little quick about next week, divisional ground, man. Next week, and I'm talking about, woo, like Ric Flair. 
Woo! I can't wait for next week. I so-called can't wait for next week. I got to give you all a quick teaser going into next week. So the Cleveland Browns taking on the Chiefs. It's a major difference. You know what I'm saying? Baker, Patty Mahomes. Like, I can't even – it's such a major gap difference. I don't even know, like, the difference. Like, I don't even it's, – it's it's, you can't define it. So with that said, the Chiefs got a break here. They got a break here. Because they got Baker rather than uh, than Lamar. So with that said, Andy Reid is one of the best as far as um, you give Andy Reid a week off. You give him a week off. He's one of the best of game planning. You give Andy Reid a week off. You Andy Reid's one of the best by coach and prepare coach in football. So I anticipate the 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 Kansas City Chiefs to really come strong and look better than what they really have looked the last month in football against the Cleveland Browns. And I think Cleveland's going to play their, their hearts out, man. They are, man. They're an effort team. Baker looked amazing. Steph Clancy's coming back. The two-headed monster. And, and hey, hey, I got to put this out there. Is, is Nick Chubb the ugliest running back in all of football, bro? Like, let's just be real. Nick Chubb's style of play. Nick Chubb got to be the, the ugliest running back. Just so, when I think about the, I'm sorry, no disrespect, but when I think about the picture of a dumb jock running back, like, oh, my God, like a commercial, he's a dumb jock. That dude right there, Nick Chubb, looks like a dumbass jock. I'll never for forgive you for what you done for me when your ass stepped out of bounds at the goal line, you dumbass jock. Anyways, I got personal there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't supposed to get personal. You know what I'm saying? And that's the, the, the Bills taking on Lamar Jackson and Baltimore Ravens. Hello there. All y'all, look, y'all Bills Mafia, all y'all guys, people out here was like, Josh Allen is this, Josh Allen is that. Well, I'll tell you one thing, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson is going to prove it to y'all next week. Y'all heard me, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Let me tell y'all that. I can't wait for that game, bro. I can't wait. And obviously, in the NFC is the Legends Bowl. Like, it is the Legends Bowl, bro. Breeze and Brady for the third time. You, could you, I mean, Breeze, Brady for the third time, dog? Dog, for the third time, on freaking believable. I can't wait for this matchup. The Legends Bowl, man. It's the Legends Bowl. The winner of this is going to be more legendary than ever. And obviously, the Rams taking on the Packers. Y'all know how I feel. Y'all know, y'all know how I feel about Aaron Rodgers, and I can't wait because I keep telling y'all the best Aaron in football is called Aaron Donald. And I can't wait for y'all to see the best Aaron take on the second best Aaron. Hey, producer, how many times have I been telling people who's the best Aaron in football? His name is Aaron Donald, and he's going to prove it to the whole world that he is the best Aaron in football. And y'all guys that call D.A. the best receiver, Devontae Adams the best receiver in football, but guess what? I can't wait for him to go against the best corner in all of football in Jalen Ramsey. This is a matchup of matchup. I can't wait for next week, dog. It's like, could we please fast forward for next week? Like, can I wake up and it be next week divisional playoff, please, football? And this has been Monday Morning Football with the Gould. Like this, love this, share this, and I am out.